welcome to this week's teaching from Exchange Church in the heart of Belfast. So, uh, are we good this morning? So, t- t- this morning's going to be slightly different. Um, I want to. I need to talk to you about something about church. I'm going to do that in the context of the word, though, because the, the, the word's important, and uh, and there's been there's been a few. Uh, I've been dealing with more people who have been sick recently, right? Anyone sick this morning? Like, no? You're sick in your body, right? Stuff going on, that kind of... There's been a lot more of that going around. And, uh, you know, it's like... I want to speak into that this morning just very quickly about the word, but I want to set in context the next few months because, holy smokes, we're in for a bit of a ride. Um, It's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. But uh, if, if things have been going wrong in your life, do you know when things go wrong in your life, the first thing you, you, you tend to do is, or, or part of the process, you'll start to go, like, God, where are you in all of this? Right? Anyone? Does anyone do that? You kind of go, like, God, where are you? What's happening? Uh, are you here? Do you still love me? Why is this happening to me? Does anyone understand what that feels like? Uh, well, you're a spoofer if you don't feel like that, all right? And uh, because most people do, it's dead normal, it's dead natural. And... You know, maybe you have had a bit of a run in terms of, of your body or, you know, sickness type stuff. Maybe there's a problem in your family and you're wondering, like, seriously, God, you promised us blessing. Where the heck is it? Hello? You know, it's like, you promised me that you would bless us. You promised me that you're, I'm, a, I'm marked by favor, that goodness and mercy would follow me and overtake me, in fact, and, and, and hunt me down. So where are, where are you right now, Anyone? Yeah, of course, it's dead normal. And so over the next number of weeks, what I'm going to do, I'm going to start a wee mini-series, actually. And I'm going to dip in and out of a couple of books. Uh, so it's a bit of this and a bit of that, um, which I've never really done before. But, uh, but it's, to, it's, to, it's to help you to understand that even when things don't seem to be working in your life, Adam's already said it, God is working behind the scenes for your good all of the time. Do you get that? We need an increasing confidence in the body of Christ that despite what we see with our physical eyes and what goes on around us, that our hope and our confidence is not rooted in the natural world, but it's rooted in the supernatural favor of God and the supernatural grace of God. To, to be the most, uh, yeah, to, to, to be the most powerful thing, if you like, that grabs our heart and our intention, our attention in anything that we do. Because if not, the moment that we, you know, it's like Peter walking in water, isn't it? The moment that you take your eyes off Jesus, you start to sink. And so uh, I'm going to be talking about that over the next few weeks, but I just want to tell you that right now, if you can think of something in your life where it doesn't seem to be working in your favor, then God is working behind the scenes for your good. That's a word for you, and it's going to be a word for the church, because God is positioning. He's always positioning things in place. And I had a sense this week of going, you know what, folks, for some of you need to hear, he's going to deliver you at the right time. You hear me? You know, see when the children of Israel were going towards the, uh, the, the Red Sea, he didn't deliver them when they were going to the Red Sea, did he? But he opened up the Red Sea just in time for them. Uh, right when they were in front of it and they cry out to God, you can read this in Exodus 14, they cry out to God and he opens it. Like, why didn't he save them? Why, why didn't he send thunderbolts to deal with the armies when they were coming behind them? Do you get that? It's like, you're, you're, they're going along. I've thought about this. They're going along the road and uh, it's a bit like us in life. We're going along. And these enemies are around us and things are nipping at us. And you're kind of like, God, could you deal with that? Because I'm still going down the road and it's still nipping at me, yeah? And then you're kind of like, be going, well, God, where are you in this? Are you working here? But at the right moment, 
And I don't know why. I mean, I, I think the thing is, sometimes when we expect something in our timing, then we miss the greater miracle that God is, is going to bring about. Do you get that? I mean, it would have been a great story. They leave Egypt, and uh, the Lord sends big thunderbolts, boom, and they're all incinerated by the side of the road, and then whatever, right? Uh, so that would be quite a cool story. More cool is uh, reading about how they get to the sea, and then Mo- Moses, remember Moses? Every time I hear Moses' name, I go, Cecil B. DeMille. Moses raises his staff, and um, the sea is parted, and they all, there's a greater miracle. Can I encourage you this morning, for some of you, there's a greater miracle waiting for you. There's a bigger miracle than what you're expecting. The problem is we're looking right now in the moment going, God, this is my immediate need. And the Lord says, I know your immediate need. I've already paid for it. But there's a thing of me meeting the need and the timing of me meeting the need. And when those two come together, it's always for a greater purpose than what you think it is right now. So don't lose heart and don't lose faith. Why? Because I am working behind the scenes in your life right now. You get that? He never, ever stops working. You know, and it's funny because many times you only praise and thank God for protection or deliverance or, and help when we're aware of it. But the truth of it is, you know, I, I believe that even this week, God has protected you from accidents. He's protected you from bad circumstances and people who were plotting. I, I, he could have protected you from the devil's schemes, right? Like last year, the whole way through it, this year, and you haven't even been aware of it. You know, it's like the, the, God is always there. And I'm going to show you, particularly from the book of Esther, how God is always working behind the scenes, right? And it's a, hopefully going to be a faith builder for you. It's hopefully going to give you confidence that I don't need to be distracted. I think what happens sometimes is we get so distracted by the here and now, don't we? And we lose sight of the bigger picture. What happens when you lose sight of where you're actually going? You start to take detours. You know, you, know, you do that in a journey, don't you? It's like sometimes, you know, I, I do it sometimes, you know, because with men, I'm absolutely convinced. Like, it's absolutely pointless. I even think sat-navs aren't that great. I'm going to be that honest with you. You know, they used to stop and ask people for directions, right? And you wind down the window, excuse me, do you know where such and such is? Honest to goodness, within half a sentence, I'd switched off, but I was still nodding at the person, right? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Just thinking, it seemed like a good idea to ask them, but then I go, Shut up. You know, it can be out. You go, so you take that second left, second left, third. And then they go, have you got that? And so you repeat it. Oh, it was the second left, third, right, fourth, whatever. Uh, roll up the window and then Penny goes, did you get that? Not a chance. Just keep going, right? Just keep going. I'm at the stage where I go, I don't think that's sat enough. quite got it right. It's not tuned in enough, you know? And when you lose sight of where you're going, you, you tend to, if you lose sight of the, the end in mind, if you like, then what happens is in the everyday, you start to make these little decisions that can take you completely off course. And so we don't want to do that and because uh, we don't want, we don't want, we don't want to be people who get distracted. That's the point. So we're going to see how God works behind the scenes in the story of Esther. And some of you may know this story, some of you may not. It's, there's this king called Xerxes, and he, he's in charge of like 127 provinces, all the way from India, the whole way across. He's a bit of a big noise, is what we would say. And uh, he's pretty powerful. And he has this queen called Vashti. And by all accounts, Vashti is a looker. She's very good. And, and they're having this, what we would call in Belfast, a seven-day bender, right? So <laughs> there's no other way to read it. It's, they have this feast and celebration. We would say, Xerxes has been on the lash for seven days, right? And by the end of seven days, he goes, Oi, where's Queen Vashti? She's gorgeous. Get her out here so we can all appreciate how gorgeous she is. And Vashti goes, Nah, you're all right. I'm not going to. 
And now you don't do that to the king because, right? So the king gets really angry. Probably, a, you've got to read behind the story. Probably a wee bit hungover. His pride's a bit hurt, all the rest. But who is this queen to say no to me? And so what he does is he goes, I'm going to replace her. And starts this mad kind of quest for a new queen, right? Because she refused to come and show her beauty when he commanded it. And there's this woman called Esther. And what we're going to find is this, is that Esther obtains favor right, which makes her queen, because everything in your life is about the favor of God. Do you get that? Everything, but, and you will see the favor of God, and you will see the goodness of God, but there will be times where you're going to have to dig in to the Lord to go, I can't see it right now, but you are working in my life. It's my faith declaration. It's my trust declaration. It's my courage declaration to go, my natural eyes can't see it. My heart doesn't, uh, doesn't understand it. My emotions may be somewhere else and my body might be doing something different. But I promise that I will keep my heart to you, Lord, to go right now, there will be a time where your favor at the right moment puts me in the pole position to see the favor of God in my life. For such a time as this, and I believe that over our church. Let, let me just talk about the word first because we're, we're going to get into the word over this next season again and again and again. We're, we're a, a church that teaches the Bible and we teach it pretty well and we teach it consistently. But whatever, whatever you're in, okay, whatever you do, whenever you touch God's word, you touch the power to prosper you. Do you get that? Don't be churlish about the word prosper. No one signed up any time in their life to be sick and miserable, did you? No. Some of you are miserable and sick, but I bet you didn't want you don't want to be. It's a wee joke. Not looking anywhere in particular. That's really awkward because now I can't look anywhere in particular. But you know what I mean? Let's, let's not be churlish because touching the word of God is touching the power to bring you prosperity in your life. And God wants you to prosper. That's the bottom line. I, I don't buy in for one minute. This is not name it and claim it, blab it and grab it. This is about who do you see God is? What kind of father is he? Is he good and loving and kind? Does he delight to see his children just kind of flourishing and thriving and overcoming? Or is he some miserable, you know, because God's not angry. See this idea of an angry God and, and he's not angry anymore. Every bit of his anger was put on Jesus for you. He's not angry with you this morning. He's not waiting to punish you. In fact, if you're in Christ, you're unpunishable. There's the gospel of grace for you. Oh, but I do this and I do that. Well, you, everything, every time you do it, you point to Jesus and you say, but he took it from me as far as the east is from the west. Can you stop thinking that God is gonna punish you for your own failure and your own mess? He punished his son on your behalf so that you would never be punished again. Now, if you're stupid, you're gonna have consequences for stupid behavior, but that's not the punishment of God. That's just you being stupid. And hopefully as we become, you know, walk with the Lord longer and longer, we become less stupid, less self, more Jesus. It means that we find ourselves in a place where we don't make the stupid decisions and we don't make the emotionally based decisions and we don't make the selfish decisions that cause, because it's, it's only through pride, it says in the Bible, self-centeredness comes contention. If you've got contention in your life or you're upset with someone or this, that, and the other, it was your pride that started it. You get that? It was only by pride comes contention. I, I keep going on off there. We, we, don't, we don't want to have that, okay? We don't want to be like that. When you touch the word of God, see, good success. I, I believe this over this next season for the church as we get into September, 
that you're going to be blessed and prospered. We are going to be as a church in every area of our life. Psalm 123 says this, but his delight is in the law of the Lord and in his law he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in its season, whose leaf shall also not wither and whatever he does shall prosper. Can I really encourage you to meditate, to think day and night, okay? It says day and night, whatever you do, when you have God's word at your heart, you will prosper. And it just doesn't mean that you're gonna have money, but it means health. It means the renewal of your, of your energy like eagles. It says like those leaves shall not wither. You know, I, it's interesting. I don't wanna be, because now that I'm approaching 40, um, I... <laughs> Help him with his lies, Lord. He's just a liar, right? You know, the world will tell you this. Your body will decay with age. Right? But God's word says this in Deuteronomy 33, 25. As your days, so shall your strength be. Somebody say amen. As your days, so shall your strength be. As the number of days we live increases, so shall your strength. That's what it means. So don't just listen to the news and the experts who say things are based on five, you know, things based on five senses, studies and background. We're all going to have COVID again, apparently. We're all getting locked down. Don't know if you've heard that. It's just the latest iteration of fear. You know, but if you spend time in the word of God, you get a different view and a different vision. And I, and I actually think the word of God will cleanse your mind, will cleanse your heart and cause you to you know, not accept the things in the world so easily. I love this in Proverbs 4, uh, 20 through 22. It says, my son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Don't let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart for their life to those who find them and health to what? All their flesh. You know, it's interesting. Um, I, I'm just ministering this because I, if you're sick, I just wanted to take a wee bit of time this morning. Go, if you're sick or if you're ill, then touch the word of God. Allow the Holy Spirit, go to the word. Let the word re-engage your heart and your attention because when you touch the word, you touch the power of God's healing. That's it. It doesn't come from Doris in Doncaster on Facebook and what she thinks about COVID, all right? Or Dr. Whatever and his study. It comes from touching the word of God. And it's health for all your flesh. Has anyone ever seen American tea? You know, like, I don't take much medication ever, but, you know, uh, have you ever been to America and watched their TV ads for medication? Holy smokes. Do you know what? It's amazing. If you don't know what I'm talking about, in America, they love their drugs, Legal and illegal, to be fair. And what happens is, they, they like, here's, um, do you snore too much? Da, da, da. I was going to get this for a penny. Do you snore too much? And take this. And so it's this picture of people snoring and all the rest of it. And it's like, so take this tablet. And, and then they get into about 15 minutes of all the ways that the tablet's going to kill you. Do you know what I mean? It's like, because they have to cover all the bases. So it's like, take this tablet for, like, a wee bit of fungus on your toenail. How gross, right? But, but essentially... Be careful because your whole leg could fall off and then your arms will fall off and then your head will fall off and you'll just explode into a big explodey thing of flesh and blood, right? That could happen. It happened to somebody and so we have to say it. So they said all really quickly, just be careful because... Right? And it made me laugh. I thought, no, I'll, I'll stick with a gangrenous toenail. Honestly, I'm going to take my chances, all right? Because there's every chance according to your... Why would I take your medicine, spend 20 bucks on it if my head's going to fall off? You must be joking. No way. And actually, I was, think, I was thinking about it this week because th this thing of all your flesh... 
Can I just say this? I, I, um, what happens is God's word is not like a medication. You know what? It resolves one condition but gives you 15 others. Do you know what I mean? Causes side effects in another area. Like, oh, this is brilliant, but now this is really awful. I, it's health for all of your flesh. Do you get that? We need to refocus on that. We need to give our attention again to that to go, I want my heart and my mind to be so filled with the word of God that his prosperity in life are flowing to my body, flowing through my body, and all of my flesh is being healed. All of Amen? Just close your eyes for one moment, if you, this morning. I, I, I wanted to just start this season by going, Lord, we believe, we expect, Lord, in this church, as we sit under your grace, as we sit under your love, Lord, as we sit under your unmerited favor, favor Lord, I, I have an expectation in this place that we will be healthier and stronger and more prosperous because we're touching the word. So right now, Father, as your word goes out, I pray that for all the flesh in this place, Lord, all the conditions of mind and body right now would be touched and healed in Jesus' name. Touched and healed in Jesus' name. Every condition that is known, every one that is not known, what is diagnosed and what is undiagnosed right now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, we speak your prosperity, your fullness of health over every body, over every mind, over every condition. And God's people said, amen. I want you to expect to be stronger and healthier because you're touching the word of God and you're prospering that way because that's what grace does. You know, do you know the other thing about it as well is sometimes it's been said, it's just good to go to the word and read it, right? Do you know the way um, if you take, who's taken an aspirin before a paracetamol? Does anyone actually understand how those work? No? You haven't a clue, do you? Uh, but, but what you do is you, you take them anyway. Isn't that right? Nobody goes, oh, I'm popping that pill and now this compound is breaking down this and pain receptors and all the rest of it. Um, there's been sometimes in the church what we've done is you, we've, we've said, like, how's your faith around healing? How's your faith around the word? And quite frankly, I don't know. It depends what day it is. All right? Yeah? Too honest or not honest enough or whatever? Okay, so what happens is, I honestly believe this, is that even when you don't understand or retain all of God's word, remember Pastor Prince talking about this, right? It still has a cleansing, reviving, rejuvenating, and health-giving effect on you. Do you know that? Just the same way that you'll run to take a tablet, let the word of God, as you read the word of God, just trust that in that moment, even though you can't understand it, that God is working in your body, in your mind, to bring about that healing. You get that? every time. But if you don't go to the word and you don't touch it, you're not going to be prospered by it. Is that okay? Brilliant. So I might change mic. Is that okay? Because that's annoying me. Never mind anyone else. Okay. So let me, let me get started, all right, so on this. We'll go to the book of Esther and what I, want, what I want to do over these next few months is going to become clear in a moment, is that we, we need to understand that even when it doesn't seem 
When God doesn't seem to be around, he's working behind the scenes for your good. Okay, so in the book of Esther, Esther, I'm going to do a lot more on this uh, the week after next because Ray Bevan's coming next week. So just remember that, okay? Invite your friends, invite your world. Let's have this place packed out. It's going to be a great morning. But the name of God is not mentioned in the book of Esther. It's, this is really interesting. Now, when you get into the word, what you've got to see is that sometimes, that when, this is why I'm saying God seems to be absent. Sometimes when God seems absent, what we need to do is relook again and see that he's actually all over it. You get that? Because when you look at the book of Esther and what's going to unfold in that, God's name is never, ever mentioned. And so what you might think is in the middle of the situation that Esther finds herself in, that God's not there. But actually what you have to do is you've got to look just beneath the level. You've got to have different eyes and a different vision. You've got to have a different view because I'm just setting this up very quickly because one of the the names of of God in Hebrew is Yahweh, which speaks of relationship, the covenant-keeping God. And it actually, whilst it's not mentioned completely, like up front in the book of Esther, it's actually mentioned four times in the the, uh, form of what's called an acrostic. Do you know what that is? Everyone know what an acrostic is? When you have a, how do you explain? You have a word and it says something after it, like grace or like a fear, false evidence appearing real. That, that's an acrostic, right? And uh, so, so what you find now, this is really interesting because what the Lord is saying is you have got to look sometimes again at your life and go, if you go, where are you? Because it's not immediately clear where you are. You've got to see him in the detail. And so, actually, the name of God appears four times in the whole book. Now, twice. The acrostic appears normally. So they read from, I'm just going to teach you a wee bit of Bible here. They t- read from right to left. And so you have the name, all the, the Vav, hey, I'll, I'll do it next week properly, all right? But basically, it appears normally twice. And what that means is God is, it just represents how God is ruling directly in the book, all right? Now, the other two times the acrostic appears in reverse, okay? And what that signifies is now God is overturning, all right? the situation and the circumstances for the good of his people. So what happens is when it appears frontways, it's just God is, is ruling directly. When it appears the other way around in the story, I'm going to show you where it is, it speaks about God overruling what is going on in, in, in the actual circumstances to bring about good for his people. Now, every time the Yahweh acrostic appears, it's at a pivotal game-changing point in this book. It's it's not so much like these are miracle moments, but they're supernatural turning points. So what does that mean for you in real life? What it it means is is this. Are are you believing for supernatural turning points in your life? Are you? Or are you just going to go through the next four or five months going, this is just the way that it is and I'll take my chances? Because when you think that God's absent, you've got to look again and see that actually he is directing directly into your life. And then there are times and every time is going to be pivotal for you that he is either directing or he is turning over circumstances to bring about good for you. Either way, he's always at work. That's what the book of Esther is going to show us. And what happens is also God's name, I am, in there, but I'll talk about that. So it's not, a, it's not so much, right, about a book of miracles. So even if you're believing for a supernatural turning point, what we're going to see is it's not so much about miracles, but it's a book about God's provision, because God, through the whole book of Esther, is going to show himself as a God of providence, a God who provides, 
Now, whether you need it in your finances, in your body, whether you need it in relationships or whatever, this whole notion of God, I need this, but I can't see you. And God saying, look again, I'm in the detail, either directly or overturning situations and circumstances for you. It's because I want you to understand that I am the God who provides for you in every situation. You don't need to look beyond me. You just need to look in your situation and find me there. Do you know that the, the, the word providence actually, there's two words, pro and video, and it says, before I see, that's what it means, pro before video, I see. And so providence means that before anything, God's already seen the need for you. He's already seen the circumstance, and he's either going to be doing it directly for you, or he's going to be working in the circumstances and overturning things that are coming against you. That's what the book is about. And I think that's going to be really important because I, I'm going to believe that over these next few months, like God has already seen all of the needs that we have and he's already, the message is he's already provided for them. You don't have to be afraid that life is going to take you by surprise. You know, you see these acrostics picking up all over the place and Psalm 96 is another one, but it shows this. The whole point is that it's only with the Lord can the heavens and the earth be moved because he is the one that is above them moving them on your behalf. Do you get that? And, and so that's what we're going to see. God is working behind the scenes for the good of his people. And in the, he's going to do the same for you and for us today. Now, we need to understand that on a personal level, but we also need to understand it on a, on a corporate level as a church. Um, because uh, let me just, like I said, this will be a slightly different one this morning. I need to update you with some things that are happening in church. Uh, Penny and I are, are finished. We're done. We're, I'm only joking. <laughs> <laughs> that was my inside voice coming out. Um, I'm going to live in, uh, on an island off the west coast of Scotland. And uh, no, I'm not. About, we, we've been running this church for, um, I don't know, a long time. And I, I'm absolutely convinced that we need a church in Belfast that teaches um, God's grace. I, I, I don't care. I actually don't. I, I'm, I'm so beyond the conversation with what is the gospel, Right? I'm not judging anyone or anything else, but I go, Christ alone, grace alone, through faith. That's the gospel. Anything short of that, as Paul says, even if an angel teaches you anything other than that, let them be accursed. Because the gospel is about the good news of Jesus and his finished work. It will always be about him. It has been never anything other than him. It's not what we do for him or our 10 points for glory or our 15 programs. It's Christ being magnified. Christ be magnified. And you go from beginning to end in the word, it was always about Jesus. From the very beginning, when the spirit hovers over the earth right through to the end of Revelation, Jesus is through it all. It is his story. It is his work. It is his glory. Because at one day, every knee will bow at the name of Jesus. Okay, see all this guff that goes on in the world today? Get your head off it. Get your head into the word. Let it, the word of God prosper you in, in, in challenging times because this is all gonna go. This is not it. And every man and woman is gonna face Jesus and we're gonna be there in glory with our hands raised going, thank you for saving me. Amen. Always about him. Never about anything else, right? Lose sight of that, you lose sight of the whole thing. And so I believe that with all of my heart. Other churches can do what they want, and we bless them and we love them. But I will never, ever, and like honestly, if you're bored of grace, then you, you need to check yourself because the length and the breadth and the depth of, of God's love for you will never, ever be fully plumbed. You'll never get to the end of how he loves you. Ever get to the end of how he loves you.
And so that's important for me. It's been a value for me ever since I was, uh, you know, 25 years probably of going, Jesus, every time I open the word, help me to see where you're in it and help me to just understand how we bring people to an encounter of you, Jesus, not an encounter of religious principle, not an encounter of program, not an encounter of anything else other than you and you alone. Because I can't change anything in your life, frankly. Nobody can. I can't, whatever your need is, it's not going to be found in me. It's going to be found in the one who made you and gave his life for you every time. You get that? And how he loves you. How he so loves you. And so, so that's, that's why this church is here. I'm utterly convinced still um, that God's not finished with us. And uh, God's not finished with Exchange Church in any way. And uh, many people have written our uh, obituaries <laughs> many times. God love them. Must be really annoying. I reckon we're like those, no those, no whack-a-mole, no those whack-a-mole things, right? John, where you whack them, then the, the we fl- the pop up here. You know those things in the arcades? I've had many people, figuratively speaking, and sometimes physically, whacking exchange on the head, going, ha, we've killed them. Pop up. <laughs> you know, it's like, flips. Whack them there. Pop up. <laughs> it just keeps popping up. Do you know why? Because God's hand is on this place. Oh, man, if there was ever, ever a thousand opportunities for this thing to be dead and buried, it would have been a thousand times over. But you know what? God is faithful to his word. And God loves, loves, loves the church. And he loves this church. And he loves the gospel of grace because of what it can do to set people's lives just in order. Now, what happened is, uh, so we've been going along rightly a, f- a few months ago. Our, uh, we rent this place. We don't own it. We, there was a time where we maybe could look to ban it, but this, is, this building's all right, isn't it? It's fine. But there's a lot of challenges with it. And uh, so notwithstanding location, all sorts of stuff, and how it's laid out. And, but our, our landlord's left us alone for the longest number of years. And then about a few months ago, he came to us and said, well, he didn't, his agent, he doesn't speak to us, so his agents came to us and said, um, we would like to talk to you about the building. And you kind of know, uh, Garrett spoke to me, and I went, ah, this is not, thanks so much for being great people, pen and pen me the whole way through lockdown. You know, God's been so faithful to you guys. You know, I was like, oh, wait and see what happens now. So the long and the short of it is that they, um, they came to us and they said, look, uh, it's great that you're here. Uh, we'd like you to stay here, but we'd like you to pay a whole lot more for the privilege of staying here, all right? Like tons more. And we'd like you to sign up to being here for the rest of your natural life, okay? It's a wee bit like, you know, a whole life tariff. No, it wasn't as bad as that, but it was like, we're going to stuff you into a really long lease and we're going to get you to pay through the nose for it. Thanks be to God. Now, what happened was, <laughs> now for years we've just kept going. Just ah, Every month we pay our bills, we're really good tenants, we look after the place, blah, blah, blah. But I've always kind of known in my heart that we would never be here. And we kind of looked before lockdown and said, Lord, what's going on and should we move? Because I honestly believe location is really, really key. And actually having a place, a, a building is not, is not a vision. It's what happens in that place to see people encounter Jesus. Do you get that? But you've got to meet somewhere. And so I am, um, so long, long story short, my, my first reaction, gut reaction was, thank you, Jesus, out we go. All right. Uh, I, I didn't want, uh, there was nothing in me that went, 
this is a time for us to stay put, renegotiate a lease for more money. Can you imagine me coming back, the all-conquering hero, you know, <laughs> going, listen to this, folks. They came to me with 15 years and an extra 30 grand a year, but I got them down to 25 and 10 years, thanks be to God. Can you imagine faith in you for that? You'd be going, oh, shut up. There's no faith in it. So we've made a decision as a leadership to go, we're, we're going to be leaving here. And um, we're not signing up. We're not going to do a deal. We're not going to try and um, manipulate or be... I, do you know what I just thought? I felt the Lord go, take a flipping whack at this because it's for such a time as this. Do you get it? God is working behind the scenes. Can I see him directly right now? In this situation? Not, no, I don't. But I know that he's there. I know that he's working directly and he's working indirectly. And so I feel quite excited to let you know that we're going to be homeless, okay? <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Does anyone feel excited about it? We are going to be essentially cardboard boxing it up at the arches, right? And uh, <laughs> we're going to be, and uh, if you're looking about the time scale, it's probably just after Christmas. So it's not even like, I'm not even joking. It's not even like we've got a lot of time. Um, we, we're going to work all those details out, okay? But you've got to, you've got to see things in, in two ways, right? If you look at it in the natural, you go, well, you know, it might be better right now just to have a bit of a plan, Andrew. I'll tell you what my plan is. The Lord says, take big, bold steps of faith. But you're sitting in a building today because uh, whenever we started Exchange, Penny and I, and there was no one else in this building right now who was involved, walked into this place, and the rent was 40 grand a year. And we took the first floor, and Penny and I signed up for it, and we didn't have anyone in the church. And I didn't have a job at that stage. And, um, and we were like, weren't we? We were like, oh, God's in this. How could it fail? And here we are all these years later, through ups and downs and all the stuff that's gone on. God's here. God's blessing us. God's moving. And now at this time, he goes, at this time, remember circumstances. You've got to see whenever, if, when something happens, this was a moment for us to go for all the years. I, I just think the, the landlord was like, L just let you guys be. You pay your money. You give me no hassle at all. You look after the place like champions. Let it be. But something changed. Something changed. And it hasn't been fractious or difficult, but the sense that we've had as, as leadership in here is go, this is time for us to take courage in our hands and to go, God, we can't see it, but we know you're working. So our faith response is to say yes and amen. All right? So you need to be part of that journey, okay? Look, don't, some of you look quite worried. Don't look quite worried. I think it's the most exciting thing that's ever going to happen to us. You know why? I was talking to the guys about it, and straight away the Lord started to speak to me. And you know the way we talk about the grace of God being, um, like you want to look at your life and go, that had to be Jesus. Yeah? Had to be God. I, I had this sense, and I'm going to preach it over the next few weeks from the Word, and straight away, the Lord started to speak to me to go, to be brave, have courage. It's time to move. It's time to go. Where are we going, Lord? Just make the first step and it's all going to come clear. Okay, can you give me any idea? No, just what, what's your heart say? My heart said, we need to go. And um, but what's interesting for me is that, like we talk about this being a, a move of the grace of God. God said to me, Andrew, your, your next home is going to be such a story of testimony of grace, that you won't even need to preach it. You'll just be able to point to it and go, seriously, look what God did. 
the very fabric of where we will stand together to worship God is going to be a testimony. Do you get it? And the Lord started to show me that and go, Andrew, can you imagine like people coming in and going, oh, you guys are smart. And I go, we're not smart. We are a buck each. It's a whole lot of us. But this is God, all right? We're not going to work it and plan it and do this and da-da-da. I honestly believe that it's, it's a supernatural move of God which is going to bring us from where we are to where we're going to go. Do you get that? Anyone say amen with me? And so don't let your heart be troubled. Be excited by it. You know, there's something exciting about, you know, the equivalent of the littlest hobo here. Do you know what I mean? Remember that, that program? Every wee doggy running around. And because I, I actually think that, um, that this is going to be one of the most exciting phases. I almost felt like the Lord go, uh, you know, I've incubated you. I've held you. The foundations are really strong, right? Um, and I believe that they are. And so now, your next move. And the Lord said to me this. Do you want it to be something you can do or do you want to have? Because we, you know, we, a couple of people sent me stuff and I thought, well, I could just buy that myself, right? A building, if I'm being honest, I could buy that building. We could buy the building. And the Lord said, well, what do, you, do you want a testimony? Do you want supernatural movement and deliverance so that you stand in a place where undoubtedly you go, God is with us? You know why? Do you know why that's important? Because of everything that's going to come from that place. Now, what's really interesting is this happened after we had started to set out on a journey of, of stuff that I, I laid out a number of months ago. I felt like post-lockdown, we were just getting kind of our heads back screwed on the right way around, okay? And figuring out who was here, who was not, what it would look like. I had a meeting in uh, with some ministry team heads, I don't know, a number of months ago now, when I started to say, here's our emphasis and here's what I believe the Lord has sent us. It was about mission, youth, young people, family, and the gospel of grace, right? And it seems ridiculous at some points when you look at that to go, really, you guys? I'm going, absolutely. And the Lord said, put an emphasis on it. So we, we started to think and plan and dream about that. And then what happens is that about, as that starts to solidify, the Lord then goes, okay, now you're going to be out of your building. And I was like, yes. You see, What's not happened is we're out of our building. Oh, flip, we better do this stuff. The Lord already said, this is a time for people to connect with my grace. And by the way, I'm preparing for you a place of testimony and grace that you're going to walk into. And people are going to walk into and go, holy smokes, isn't God good? Do you get that? I believe it's like a catapult. I believe it's like something that's going to push us into a place where we're going to be more public. We're going to be better noticed, not hidden away up here, where... The gospel of grace is going to connect with so many more people because of where we're physically located. And we're all going to go, isn't God amazing? Anybody? Okay, good. So uh, what do you do? Um, I'm going to explain something in a minute. There's something underneath it. One of my favorite stories is Jehoshaphat in the Bible. So Jehoshaphat is uh, like he's a great, great, great grandson of King David. He, The Moabites are going to Mow him, down, mow him down and they're gonna and he was a good guy he was a godly guy he was a young king I know the story of the battle's not yours the battle is the Lord's so what does what does he do let me just encourage you about what you can do because this is not going to rest on my shoulders or pennies or anyone else this is our church and if the Lord is leading us all as a family then we all carry something to see 
God move here. Do you get that? To go, Lord, I'm going to speak into this, believe for it, so that we all share the story. I love this. There's a guy, whenever things are pressing in and, and, and Jehoshaphat is going, like Moabites are going to come and take over Israel. They're going to kill them all. And what happens is, is there's in this atmosphere of worship, it says that Jehoshaphat turns his face to the Lord. And there's this guy called Jazahiel. He's a, he's a Levite. And there's this, it's interesting when things are pressing and not going the way that you think they should or things are difficult or you don't know what happens. What happens is there's an, in an atmosphere of faith, people start to prophesy. And it allows God to bring more encouragement. So in, verse, in 2 Chronicles 20, verse 15, it says this, this is Jehaziel. This is what I believe the Lord is saying to you. As you touch the word and you begin to prosper in these next weeks, listen to what the Lord is saying about our church and about our future. Because here, here's what he, and as you do that, faith and encouragement rise. This is what Jehaziel says. Do not be afraid and do not be dismayed at this great horde for the battle is not yours. The battle is God's. I believe right now God is prophesying grace and unmerited favor. He wants to remind you and me of what the Holy Spirit reminds us of every day, that this next season is God's work, not ours. Do you get that? That he prophesies grace. The question is, what are we going to focus on? Are we going to focus on the word to be prospered? Are we going to magnify the word to be prospered? Are we going to give our attention to the word to be prospered? Because as we do that and we keep our eyes on Jesus, fixed on him with faith grown in our hearts, he is moving behind the scenes and we will walk into that favor. Do you get that? And so I want to encourage you, that's what you need to do. You know, don't magnify the problem. Don't magnify what you think the answers are. Don't do that. Because there's a word that comes in this, in this particular um, bit of scripture in verse 17. It says, you will not need to fight in this battle. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. Stand firm, hold your position, and see the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. I love this. This is God's encouragement for us as a church. Stand firm in what? In the gospel of grace. Stand firm what? In righteousness. Stand firm in your position in Christ. Don't move from that, the Lord says. Keep your focus on that, the Lord says. And what happens is there, then you will see the salvation of the Lord. Do you get that? I honestly believe that's, where, that's, our, that's our season. Now, and what we're coming, because it's going to be an interesting one. 2024 is going to be definitely interesting. You know, what happens is, you know, when you're in a gap, when God has spoken, because what has happened here is God has spoken to Jehoshaphat, don't worry about it, it's my deal to do. Now, I'm believing as the leader of this church that our next step is way beyond our natural ability to work it out. So I'm standing here going, God, it's up to you to work this out. And what do you do in that gap? Jehoshaphat hadn't seen his deliverance. The Moabites were still standing there. But he says here in verse 18, he bowed, his he bowed his head with his face to the ground and all Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord, worshiping him. So what happens is they worshiped and praised God. They hadn't seen it yet, but they praised him like they were standing right in the middle of it. Do you get that, church? Thank him like you're in the middle of it, even when your eyes haven't seen it and you'll walk into it. That's what the Lord said to us. And so I want to encourage you in that from the word because we're going to build faith in each other. We're going to encourage each other. I think this is an important season. And let, let me tell you why we need somewhere new, all right? Uh, why we need a new home. If you look on your, do you have one of these on your sheet, on your seat? What we had um, looked at doing 
um, before we even heard about the building. You see, whenever I think of church, whenever I think of, of a family of God's grace, I think about lives transformed. That's why we talk about being transformed by grace. I honestly believe right now that the Lord is, and if the Lord is speaking, this is where you can go. If the Lord speaks it, then you don't need to work really hard to make it happen. You need to stay in faith and do as he asks you to do, and you'll see the salvation of the Lord. Try that in your own life. If he spoke a word over you, don't work it, work it out yourself in terms of, I need to do, I need to do. Receive from the Lord, what, what is it that you're asking me to do? Lead me that way, and you, you'll see him supernaturally work. Right? And so it, on this, what we decided before we heard about the building that the Lord was speaking to us about, about two main areas. Number one was about parents and families and about children and about youth. So if I just cover those off, well, I have a heart to see, particularly, I honestly believe that kids need to discover their identity. Think about these days, there are a million voices coming for our kids and they're coming at the level of identity. This is who you are. This is who you are. This is, you know, and that can be a million things, okay? I don't want to go into all the details because we all know what they are. It's even now coming into schools, whereas traditionally in Northern Ireland, schools have been a pretty safe bastion of what we would describe as, I'm just going to describe it as normal, right? And now we have RSE and all this sort of stuff, which is creeping in, and like mainstream politicians with an agenda to get at our kids with an ideology that will destroy them. Let me be perfectly clear. We're not up for it, okay? Now, I'm not going to rail against that necessarily, all right? There are some hills that I would die on, but the Lord never calls you to fight toe-to-toe with what's going on. The Lord calls you to lift Jesus up, and in that place, men will be drawn to Jesus. Because when there's darkness, the light shines brighter. You get that? So our job is not to go, like, be angry on Twitter and start to take down people and go, you're, you're all this, that, and the other. Our job is to lift Jesus up, worship the Lord, create a space where families come and they encounter the grace of God. So you'll see there some practical stuff. Um, we have loads of people who volunteered to help us start on Friday nights with our own youth. When you put them all together, it's quite a decent wee number of them, actually. And we're going to open that up to their, their friends and some others uh, on a Friday night to bring them into the building, give them a really good... Um, experience on a Friday night. We've got our Loving Our Kids on Purpose, which is a, a course from Bethel, uh, Danny Silk Loving on Purpose, which is a phenomenal course for parents, helping parents to maintain connection uh, with their kids. We're going to put it out there and advertise it. We've done it a couple of times before. We have pe- people come in, but we want to say, look, if you've, you're struggling with your family, you're struggling with your kids, or you're not even struggling, but you just want to do it better, because I don't know any parents who kind of go, I've got this thing nailed, do you? If they do, they're flipping spoofers. You know what I mean? You never have it nailed. And uh, the, the thing is as well, so we want to do that. Um, we are going to be, uh, I'm really concerned about the whole thing of sickness and people being sick. And um, we've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes, working with um, getting some information around healing rooms and what it means to pray for the sick again. It's one of the things that I, I you know, it was a sword that I fell on to start this place was the whole area of healing is one of the biggest reasons why we were chucked out of our last church is because we took a stand to say, Jesus is your healer and he's always been your healer. And whilst I can't see it sometimes, I don't believe that we change the word of God to, to match up with my experience. My religion doesn't like that. And so we had to find somewhere new. It was called exchange. But I'm not going to back down. But what I thought was, like, in this world, we're going to create a space. And there's a number of these places in Belfast. We could, do a, we could go and feed people, okay, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but there are 50 churches within a 10-mile radius of here who are all doing feeding programs. 
and bless them and, and support them and give them money and food. And that's brilliant because we need to see the church do that. But the Lord spoke to us and went, you know what? There's a, the supernatural part of the gospel is to transform lives. So lay your hands on the sick and believe that as you lay your hands on the sick, they're going to be made well. Amen? So with the resources that we have, that's what we're going to do. Every Wednesday night, this church will be open for people to come to receive prayer. And we're going to let people know that. Okay, if you're sick, come and we'll pray for you. And we're going to believe for miracles in that. Then also, if you see here, Faith Foundations on a Wednesday night. Um, you know, it's like get deep into the Word of God. Touch the Word of God because you'll prosper. We've got a, a brilliant set of stuff lined up on Wednesdays where you're going to be able to connect, uh, receive the Word, learn how to operate in the, in the power of, of God's grace, going deeper into that. I want to feed you well so that you can thrive in life. Do you get that? And we call it Faith Foundations because we just don't want it to be for this church. You guys are super well fed, but there's lots of people out there that we want to connect with. And we want to have you bring people just to something where, you know, they can hear about the Word of God and how it's touching the, the real life stuff of every day. Okay? So I, I, we're just doing what we feel the Lord has asked us to do. As well, at the end of September, we're going to have a couple called Jill and Paul Van Opstal, who are missionaries from Redemption Church out in Brazil. They run orphanages and a church. And what else do they do? Lots of stuff, all right? Um, we've supported them as a church. And they were here a couple of years ago, but they're going to be here speaking at the end of September. And next year, we're going to have a, a missions trip to Brazil, okay? Open to everyone. Stevie and Maggie are leading that. I keep telling them that. I, I don't, I, all right? But, they're, but, but we're going to Brazil, uh, rather, you're going to Brazil, okay? I want you to start and pray about that because it's one thing to go and, and do some good Christian work, but to partner with people of the same heart and spirit and grace who are ministering to some kids and people in, in the direst of circumstances, but they're bringing the gospel of grace to them is just incredible, absolutely incredible. So that's gonna be, I think, next summer, isn't that right? And so that, that's, so what we're doing is we're lifting our head up we're lifting our hearts up and we're saying we're not going to be hidden. The Lord's saying you're not going to be hidden in this place anymore. This is your time to shine. It's your time, you know, as this world is getting darker, this is a time for God's grace to come. I get excited by that, right? I get excited by what God can do, how God can add. But right now I go, where do you see it? And the Lord goes, I'm right there working. I'm always right there working. Some things I'm directing for you, some things are indirect, but I'm moving the right people at the right time into the right place. So here's what you do. Have in your heart, the battle is the Lord's. We're not gonna do this in a natural way. We're gonna do it in a supernatural way. We're all gonna walk to a place where supernaturally we look around and go, no way. Look what God did. And you know all he says to us? Keep your head up. Keep your heart focused on me. Worship me through the whole thing. Touch my words so that you prosper. And in everything else, I will do it. I'll work out the detail. How's that sound, church? You know what, some of us, Josh McCauley said this to me years ago. He said, Andrew, the problem with your church is people love it too much, so they get comfortable. Assurance to come in and get a great word to be blessed most of the time. And uh, that struck me at the time. And... Uh, that's not a criticism. It's just maybe a, an ob a keen observation that you don't see if you're not in it. And I don't think that this is particularly about God making things very uncomfortable. 
but it's about God stretching us all in faith. I, I honestly think this is a time, see when it's going bonkers, even more so. Even, even well-polished, presented religion is not going to change the heart of a man or a woman who's in bondage. But an encounter with Jesus and his full unmerited favor will for such a time as this. So buckle up, put on your seatbelts, worship the Lord, say, flipping Nora, where are you taking us? I don't know. Where are we going to be? Don't know. It's definitely not New Nords, okay? <laughs> Two places, New Nords in India. You can take them off the map. Definitely not New Nords. How ironic with him on a joke. You look with the natural eyes, I don't know. But we're going to believe for a supernatural breakthrough, church. Amen? So let me bring it back to you as I finish. Why don't you stand to your feet and we're going to worship the Lord together. Just close your eyes. Let us speak over you all now. Faith in Jesus' name. Lord says you don't need to fight your battle. Whatever your battle is this morning, you don't need to fight it. The battle belongs to the Lord. So stand firm, hold your position, and you will see the deliverance, the salvation of the Lord on your behalf. So don't be afraid and don't be dismayed. With this, Jehoshaphat bowed his head with his face to the ground. And they began worshiping the Lord together. And in that place, prophecy came, grace came, future came, faith came. Lord, I want to thank you for our future. I want to thank you for the families and the children and the young people who right now at this moment, Lord, you're working in their hearts, Father, for all the people right now, Jesus, who are going to be connected with this family of grace. Father, for our future, which is one of increase, which is one of blessing, Father, not for the sake of going, isn't this clever, but because every single one is a life transformed by your work, Lord. Father, we thank you for that. We thank you, Jesus, for where you're leading us. We thank you, Father, for your faithfulness through all the years in this place, Lord. But we thank you that this time is drawing to a close. This time is coming to an end. Father, because as you lead us from grace to grace, Lord, we are going to see increasing measure of your favor and your fullness, Lord. We're going to see more of your love working in us and through us. Father, we're going to have a greater impact than what we've ever had before. Jesus, we thank you that every time we feel stuck, you just say, stand firm and let me deliver you. Father, we thank you that it's not going to be the sweat of our brow or by the work of our hands, but Lord, it's the work of your hands because you're building your church, Father. You're growing your church. Father, you're blessing your church. Father, you love the church. You love the family of God where men and women and children can encounter you in your grace and in your love and see their lives turned around and transformed for, for all of eternity. Jesus, we thank you. And I just thank you that in the middle of all that, Father, as we give ourselves to the mission of grace and to the, the future that you have for us, I thank you that every need is met in this place. I thank you, Father, that as we move as a people, one of the things about the people of God on the move is that God supernaturally provided everything that they needed. 
They were healed as they went. Do you know that? As they started to move out of one place into the other, the children of Israel, out of Egypt and into their future, as they moved, God healed them. They were strong. They were fit. They were provided for. They were blessed as they got, as they started to move. And I actually believe that right now, this is going to be months and months of us seeing the favor of God and strengthening us as a family as we move. I think the future is bright, isn't it, church? Amen. I think the future is positive. I think that we have a lot to be thankful for because when the Lord, the key is when the Lord starts to move, just incline your ear to what he's saying and then put your full trust in him. So Father, that's what we do. We do that right now in Jesus' name. Lord, over these next weeks, Father, we thank you. Let our declaration be from today, you're working behind the scenes. Even when we can't see it, you're working and we trust you. And all God's people said, amen.